Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this episode, we're talking downhill and dark waters, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. Okay, so this week, Lee and I saw Downhill, and this is a a film inspired by the Scandinavian motion picture Force Majeure. 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 (laughs) Majeure. Force Majeure. Just to give you a bit of an idea, the film is about a family on a ski holiday in the Alps and they're rocked to their foundations when an avalanche threatens their lives. Now that sounds a bit like serious and ominous. Mm. This film has a bit of a satire, dark humour to it. Mm. So you can only imagine the anticipation up to something like that and then the subsequent reactions. It stars uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell as a married couple, Billy and Pete, who, when this avalanche happens, begin to question everything about their relationship and whether they're happy or not. Yeah. And it also stars Miranda Otto and Zach Woods and Christopher... Ooh, you can pronounce the last name for me. Christopher Hivju from yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you like the pronunciation. Uh, I'm terrible at it. What are you talking about? Well, I couldn't even attempt it. So, you've seen the original film, Lee. I have. How, how would you compare them both if that's even a fair thing to do when a foreign film gets remade gets a Hollywood treatment yeah see I find it very hard to get past this sort of narcissism that Hollywood has with reimagining as they say or Mm. paying homage to other foreign films to me it's just like we think we can do it better and the English language will like it better but as I understand the producers of this film and the writer of the original film were on board with this remake But that, to me, is more strange than just having a whole new creative team. Mm. Because then do do you think, oh, maybe I didn't get it right the first time in my native language. Mm. I'll have another crack at it. There's been a few films like that. I think Funny Games was Mm. another. It was a foreign language film that 
deeply disturbing horror, you know, home invasion film. Mm. I quite like it. I haven't seen the original, but the original writer-director remade it just in English. Well, I guess you're a perfect example of why they do this. If you haven't seen the original and you see this one and you like it, I mean, people who've seen Downhill and haven't seen Force Majeure will probably like it. And there's a lot to like about this film. Let's start off by saying that. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Uh, Not as much as you, I don't think. Look, I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I'm a big fan of Will Ferrell. I always defend him. It's not everyone's type of uh, humour or comedy. This is more of a dramedy, I would say. And that was one thing that concerned me going into this. I was worried it was going to be a little too Will Ferrell, if Mm. that makes sense. And and his performance was actually quite understated, and I was very impressed with that. It was quite um, beautiful, I think. But the performances were great. I, I, there was a bit of Will Ferrell in there when he's drunk and dancing in the mm. club. I was like, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get he's got to get his daggy dancing or something in there. Yeah. I um so I haven't seen the original film, mm-hmm. and you kind of made a blanket statement, which is fair, saying people who haven't seen the original probably like this one. So I didn't really love it. I felt that the, I always bring up pacing. I'm feeling that a lot of the films that we're seeing at the moment mm. have issues with its pacing. Right. And this, I think, really suffered from that. It's it's a period of time only over a few days, which is mm-hmm. fine to follow that story. But it was it was just very strange in how it went about telling that story. It doesn't it doesn't really make sense. No, I it? hear what you're saying. I think they they've changed a little bit from the original mm. film. They have added scenes and changed a few characters and things. But ultimately, at the core of this movie is a story about a shift in perspective and how an outside force can shift your perspective and leave massive emotional aftershocks. And then it just kind of snowballs from there. Oh, you're loving these puns, I love it. I love it. (laughs) I find these kind of stories about human nature really fascinating and I really enjoy them. It's just really interesting to see how outside forces can shake up a seemingly happy marriage. You know, you're going about your life thinking everything's fine and then it forces you to reevaluate your life, mm. which is what happens in this film. That's the core of the story, and that is still there, I think. I felt like the arguments, especially in how they were scripted, felt mm. very real. One yep. of my favourite scenes from the film was when his workmate and his new girlfriend mm-hmm. came over, and they had this argument across the table in front of their friends. So awkward. But, but even the argument, it kept not going around in circles, but... It wasn't written in a way that it was, you know, they have to say this and then this. It felt like they were saying it in the moment. Like it actually... A bit of improv, you reckon? Yeah, a bit of improv. But also, in my opinion, a, a similar scenes were undercooked. Mm-hmm. And this might sound a little bit harsh, but at times I felt like the film came across as a rehearsal, not so much a scripted, well-versed oh. film. Interesting. I mean, those the scene with Julia and Miranda Otto mm. in the chairlift. Mm-hmm. I thought that was odd. I mean, she was an odd character, can I just say, the Miranda mm. Otto, because she was way up here in terms of her big character and her accent. Personality. She personality. was a comedy relief, massive comedy relief. But I felt like it was just a bit too much. She was great. I loved it, but it was, she felt out of place right. because everyone else was so... Middle of the road. Yeah, middle right. of the road, yeah. As I said, I enjoyed the story, and I think the performances really elevated it. Mm. So the elements that you're talking about being a bit underwhelming, 
for me, the performance has really grounded it and really lifted it up that level. And I, as I said, I was really impressed with Will Ferrell's performance and mm. Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus is always amazing. But particularly in this, she was just so, like, emotionally affecting. Yeah. You really did feel... Yeah. Oh, and, and when she's taking information in, when she's hearing her husband talk <laughs> and just her reactions, it's like, I can so relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And then she would keep it all in and then there were moments where she just exploded and it was so great to watch because she was just brilliant yeah it's just a study in a marriage i guess unraveling Mm. while on holiday and it might feel how are they getting so caught up in this but they they spend a lot of time unpicking that Mm. and you know they go off and have their own time to themselves yeah and to deal with it they've been happily married for so long and they have two kids together and Nothing like this has ever forced them to take a position on life or death situations, which mm. most people don't have to deal with. No. Until they do. Yeah. And then it changes everything. Mm. Uh, everyone else's attitude around them was so nonchalant about the avalanche, <laughs> which kind of added to the comedy. Yeah. Because they were so upset and mm. it snowballed, like you said, into them looking at their own relationship yeah. and how it was or wasn't working mm. and this avalanche is this terrifying big thing that everyone else around them was just got on with their lives yeah but they didn't have that luxury of getting on with their lives because it it unearthed something in their lives that wasn't working yeah. and, and that's perfect when it comes to comedy because it it focuses on something that's not working that's what they did really well here how many popcorn kernels would you give downhill look uh despite a bit of fondness about it, like we've discussed. I didn't mm. love it. So I'll probably give it a two and a half. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a comedy that I would watch again. And I think that's a really good gauge of wh- whether you enjoyed it or not. As I've already said, I think the performance has really elevated the movie. So I'm going to give it a three. Great. What else did we see this week? We saw Dark Waters, which, oh boy, is this a confronting film. Very confronting. It chronicles the true legal battle of uh, lawyer Robert Bellot, played by Mark Ruffalo, who takes on a powerful corporation, the DuPont Corporation, Mm -hmm. when he discovers they've been doing shady things with an unregulated chemical. Yeah, and this was a project spearheaded by Mark Ruffalo, yeah. who's the lead, because he's a really dedicated environmental activist, and this was a personal project for him. He was one of the producers as well. Mm-hmm. So this lawyer, Robert, worked actually worked for Chemical Industry, mm. defending them, and then he ends up flipping sides when he's faced with this shocking realisation and this shocking corruption, and a groundbreaking class action suit follows that has taken years to resolve, and I'm not mm. sure if it's even fully resolved yet. And the consequences of this chemicals introduction are just far-reaching because it's in our bloodstreams today. This is the what the really confronting aspect of the film is. You're watching this going, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you can't ignore it. You absolutely can't ignore it. They call it a forever chemical, mm-hmm. so it doesn't break down or get expelled. No. Like it, once, once It's in our bloodstream. It's in everyone's bloodstream. I'm drinking it right now. Yeah. I scrambled some eggs this morning and got a shitload of Teflon. Oh, I really want scrambled eggs. What was really interesting, this was directed by Todd Hayes, who who directed that beautiful, very powerful film, Carol, a few mm. years ago with Kate Blanchett. It also stars Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, and Bill Pullman. Talking about supporting performances, we had a little chat about Anne Hathaway's performance. Yes, we did. It was a bit odd, wasn't it? I think before we talk about Anne's performance, I think it's good to preface how how dull this movie was how it just how it just 
like just skidded along. And then it's when like, you introduce yeah. a character that Anne Hathaway plays Robert's wife, and she was great, but her energy, her peaks were so out of context in a film that just scooted along. That's perfect. She was yeah. way up here. She was. It was kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? She's getting really worked up here, and it felt really out of place. Right. Yeah. It was almost like there was a scene missing or a piece of dialogue that made her reach that crescendo. And it happened three times in the film. So it might've been the editing you think. And also the fact that the movie was a little bit. I think it was a, an imbalance in tone. I think they didn't quite get the, the balance right in Mm. getting themselves to that level, her anger, her frustration, but ultimately underneath it all, her love of her husband who was getting further and further distant from her for his obsession mm. with this case and helping these people and uncovering the DuPont, you know, story. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with that. That's exactly what it was. It was mm. that everyone else was at base level. She was at a different level. Yeah. Because she's fan- she is fantastic. Yeah. But she did seem so jarring. And, and hysterical almost. And mm. that's not something I feel comfortable saying because just because she's the wife and to call her hysterical like that. And it is quite It's a, not right, but it, that's how it came across because it wasn't balanced with anything else that you were experiencing in the film. It's so relevant mm. and it's really uncomfortable to watch. And I was in two minds about whether that made it a good film or a bad film because I was so uncomfortable and a bit bored because the, t- because right. the subject matter go, will go over people's heads. I mean, before we saw this screening, we actually had a bit of a lecture from a, a planet, lecture? From, <laughs> planet, a lecture. from planet arc representatives mm. who explained to us what this chemical was gave us a bit of history about it which was important to know yes and i think most of the viewing public is not going to get this so are they going to get the film it was a strange experience having a scientist go through complex mm. chemistry with you because like before a film before a film yeah you know, I thought it was a Q&A with the director or something interesting like that. Although I feel bad because I went in the film not confused. I felt enlightened. I had mm. a bit more insight. But it kind of prepared me for the dullness of this film that went for over two hours. Mm. And I felt like I was in a, yeah, a two and a half hour lecture. But it's awful because this is true. This is something we should be concerned about. Yeah. They didn't nail it. They didn't make you angry at the end of the day. Yes. Wasn't interesting enough. I felt really defeated yeah. and just deflated at the end mm. of the film. Like, I mm. came out thinking, ugh, we fucked. And, yeah. ugh, that was boring. Yeah. And, Which doesn't uh, help. I mean, complex issues need to be addressed in a certain way, and film has this powerful ability to convey that. Exactly. And incite a reaction. And I think that they failed here, unfortunately. It's kind of like a dull Erin Brockovich. And for such an important story, it's a real shame. Mm. But having said that, I think Mark Ruffalo gave an incredible performance. He was very understated. Do you think that's because this subject matter was so close to his heart or is so close to his heart? You could tell he was incredibly... uh, He cared a lot. How many popcorn kernels would you give? Give it a two. Just get straight in there. I'm going to agree with you. Mm. They could have fixed the film with some tighter editing and toning things down for a dull film, toning things down, but also turning it up at times Mm. as well just to give it a bit more soul to it, a bit more flavour. So other new releases out on March 5th, we have The Photograph, and this stars Issa Rae in a romantic drama about two love stories intertwined. 
through a mother-daughter relationship and a photograph. There's also the animation The Big Trip, which sees a stork mistakenly deliver a baby panda to the wrong place, and then a bear, a moose, a tiger, and a rabbit have to join forces and set off on an adventure to take it home. So cute. We've also got The Way Back, and that's a story of redemption starring Ben Affleck as a former basketball star struggling with alcoholism, and he's offered a coaching job at his old school. And as the team starts to win, he has to confront old demons. Ben Affleck is being hailed as having one of the best performances of his career in this film. I love Ben Affleck. I think he brings so much to his films. I think Gone Girl is a film I think about often. Such mm. a pow- he's such a powerful filmmaker. And again, I think this one has the personal connection that really brings out the best performance in actors. Yeah, because he was going through his own mm. alcoholism. Yeah. There's also a movie called Citizen K, which is on an extremely limited release. It's only going to be in three cinemas on the east coast of Australia. Oh. Cinema Nova in Melbourne, Dendy Canberra, Dendy Newtown in New South Wales. And it's from documentarian Alex Gibney. And it's a character study of one of the richest men in Russia and how the power games within that country work. Uh, so Mikhail, his name is, was jailed for tax evasion but and later exiled to London. But many believe his downfall and incarceration was due to his outspoken opposition of Vladimir Putin. Right. When you stumble across these films of mm. docos and subjects, like, they suck me in. Like, yeah. this sounds really interesting and complicated. And something that you should watch, I feel, because yep. it's fascinating. And Alex Gibney is so good at taking a really complex subject and drilling down and getting the best interviews and footage and yeah. putting it all together. He's really great. Yeah. We've also got Escape and Evasion, and this is an Australian-made movie about a soldier who returns from serving in Burma, and he's struggling to reconnect with his life or face up to questions about the death of those under his command. In news this week, the biggest news, obviously, is the coronavirus and how that's affecting the film industry. So we've found Universal is the first company to blink and they've pushed back No Time to Die to Mm. November 25 or November 12 in the UK. Those dates haven't been fully confirmed yet, but it's going to be November. It's a long way off now. It's a long way off. And Lee, you, when we were messaging each other during the week, you're kind of like, there's such a delicate balance in getting releases right Mm. and you know you've got fox you've well now disney it's all disney Mm. you've got universal you've got all these other big businesses and they fight for weekends Mm. and if you've got a bond there or a star wars film or a pixar movie it's like everyone else back off because that Mm. film owns that weekend and i wonder what else we have to look into it what else is coming out that november weekend because are they going to move that? It's, it's well, going to be a bit of a shuffling act, I that's think. That's a big time of year. Yeah. So it's really going to cause problems, I yeah, think, yeah. at that time of year. Things And things move around, as you said, because other studios look at what other studios are doing and they move their dates around. That's why movies shift slightly. Yeah. But this is a massive shift. It and is massive. we're wondering if Mulan's going to have it's, the same. Yeah, it's already been pulled from its China release. Mm. I wonder. But they're, they're still promoing it. But they were promoing No Time to Die. They were, they were promoting this Bond film for its April release, and then next minute it was pulled. So business as usual, I think we will experience, mm. and then we'll wake up to a media release saying such and such has been moved yeah. due to X, Y, and Z. It's a real shame. It is. We also got a first look at the new Batmobile from director Matt Reeves, and it looks like a muscle car with an exposed rear engine. Everybody's loving this design. Do you like it? I think it's kind of cool and it seems to fit with the direction the movie's going in. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why he's doing this. Is it trying to control leaks 
and just get ahead of them. I, I think so. That is probably nailing it on the head. I kind of wish they would save it for the movie, though. Mm, but that's impossible these days because yeah. everyone's got a phone that can be snuck in to sets or when they're filming mm. out on location. Yeah. You may as well own the conversation in the way that is going to generate the right sort of positive mm. buzz. Mm. And I think, well, the film's still over a year away, but I, I find that that's happening more and more. That They've got a lot of work to do to convince the audience that this film is something to be excited about. It's also dangerous to do that, though, as we found with Sonic the Hedgehog, when you release a first look at something and the fandom goes mm. nuts and demands that it gets changed, which, in Sonic's case, that was a good thing. It was. But, Very necessary. But with, the, with films like Batman and, like, the comic universe, it, it can be dangerous because when people start messing with it, it takes away from what the creatives are trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit underwhelmed by the car. However, I think like the suit, mm. like his weapons and whatever, you need a need context. So I think that we will learn how the car is utilised and what its functions are. And I think that will bring it to life a bit more. We've just got an image at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to note. Speaking of Batman, it's been revealed by Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie in the Thor movies, that... Christian Bale is going to play the new villain in Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder. We knew Christian Bale was going to be in it somewhere, but now she's confirmed he's the villain. This is exciting. Yeah. It's been a while since Christian Bale has played a villain. He usually Mm. does strong character pieces. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is he camp enough for the comic book world, especially for a film like this? Well, yeah. We have Jeff Goldblum in the last one. He's so camp. He was perfect. Yeah. I'm wondering what kind of character he's going to play. I think maybe camp's the wrong word. Maybe eccentric. I think he can certainly bring those things. Christian Bale is a fascinating actor. He's like a method actor. Mm. He really gets into the role physically, mentally. Mm. He's a complete chameleon. It's astonishing looking back at his filmography. And I'm excited to find out who he's playing, how he's Mm. going to play it, what's their story. I feel like there's going to be an accent or a or a certain physicality or a design, yeah. whether it be costume or prosthetics. Like my mind's going wild at how what Christian Bale's going to bring to this, and I mean it just goes to show the caliber of actors who the MCU continually bring into the fold. It's very good. Speaking of that, is he one of the few actors that have made the cross from DC to Marvel? You don't often see this. It's usually actors are owned by one or the other. Yeah, I mean Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern, which is DC, mm. and then he's that was kind of before. Marvel. That was kind of before the whole. You are right. Palaver. I think people have done. It. I have to think about that actually. But with how big these universes are getting, they're running out of big name actors. Yeah, when's Meryl Streep going to join the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Tom Hanks, come on, Julie Roberts. It's also been revealed this week in the rise of Skywalker novelization, so the official novelization that Ray's father was actually a failed Palpatine clone, rather than a son of Palpatine. Fans are cranky at this because it's retconning and trying to explain away plot holes in the film after the fact. This is outrageous. Like, I'm sorry that this is so unacceptable. <sighs> It's so frustrating because The Rise of Skywalker was such a disappointment for me Mm. in its inability to communicate plot points and context. It just wasn't there. Mm. Ooh, getting a bit worked up. And Mm. this is just annoying. This is, you know, it's further highlighting the laziness of their storytelling and then for them to kind of look back and say, oh, it was actually this, or how about you think about it this way? You know, we didn't quite, oh, you're right, we didn't communicate it properly, let's just add this in here. Mm. It's kind of just move on. You need to move away from The Rise of Skywalker because 
it is sending negative ripple effects. The franchise is in shambles. They messed it up. And this is just adding to the chaos of their, of the clear umbrella statement that they had no idea what they were doing in the new trilogy. There was no single vision or story arc. No one knew where it was going yet. JJ Abrams come in and basically remake A New Hope. It was very, very fun. It was good. Yeah. And he had Ryan Johnson come in, do his own thing. And then you had The Rise of Skywalker, JJ Abrams back, retrofitting, things, yeah. undoing things that were said. And so rather than just, having a clear vision from the beginning, they were just working with what other cooks had left them, basically. Yeah, and I think that was just really, really disappointing and a bad, bad, bad move. And this is just another bad move that they're making. I think we better move on. I think we should. Before some steam comes out of your ears. <laughs> we got a lot of new trailers this week as well. We got a trailer for Artemis Fowl. Now, this movie has been scheduled and pushed since forever. It has, yes. Um, the first trailer we got was in November 2018. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the original release date was meant to be August last year, 2019, but now it's scheduled for May 28th. So this one's been coming for a long time and mm. issues with, you know, the merger have pushed it back, issues with development. Also, Harvey Weinstein was a producer originally and that was just before filming. He was obviously kicked off the project, yeah. rightly so. So anyway, eventually we're now getting it. And it's about a criminal prodigy who hunts down a society of fairies to find his missing father based on a Disney... Oh, I started typing something here and obviously forgot to finish it. It's based on a... <laughs> based on a Disney... You never know. <laughs> it's based on, a, based on a series of novels. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I don't care about this film at all. It looks so lame. It, it looks like it's a problem project for all those reasons you listed. The, it's just, you think they should just dump and run? Well... DVD, it, dump and run? DVD, dump and run. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't know. Getting bad vibes about this. We've got the first full trailer for Connected, which we've talked about briefly before on the podcast. The release is September at this stage, but that's not confirmed locally. It's an animated film about a family on a road trip who find themselves at the centre of the technology apocalypse. Mm. So it's commentary on how much we use our phones and rely on technology. This film looks so fun. I love the relationship between the father and the daughter because they're going on a road trip mm. to drop her off at college. Yeah. Kids who find their parents lame, uh, too invasive, part of their lives, you know, screen time, get off your phone, and then obviously how technology can affect us. And I, I think this is mm. a great road trip film, but also... A great family film. We've got another animated film for Scoob, which is like the origin story of Scooby-Doo, mm. which looks fun. I think that they've also, what you uh, got out of the trailer was a lot of pop culture references for now. They mentioned mm. Netflix and a few other things like mm. that. So that concerns me in that it might date the film really quickly. Right. But it, it, they're trying to, yeah, really talk, bring, bring this decades-old character in these stories into now, into mm -hmm. 2020. I think they'll do it really well. We also got a trailer for Greyhound, which is set during World War II, um, and it's from a screenplay written by Tom Hanks. Yeah. Now, he knows how to do a war film. Yes. So he's we know that, his time. We know this is going to be good, He's gonna, and he's also in it, so it's going to be a great performance. And it's about a U.S. Navy skipper who has to lead an Allied convoy through dangerous waters, I guess, through enemy waters being yeah. stalked by a Nazi U-boat. This film looks huge. Mm. The the production value, the special effects, it's on a really, really big grand scale. And it's a film that I didn't know 
was coming mm-hmm. and then to see Tom Hanks there screenplay by Tom Hanks watch the trailer I'm like wow this is going to be a big epic war mm. film he knows how to put out a good film mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing some more Tom Hanks on the screen so what is coming next so on March 12 we have quite a few film releases Queen and Slim that's a film that we have recently seen mm-hmm. that we will bring review to the podcast soon it's a racially fueled examination of violence fear and grief told through the story of a man and woman whose first date goes horribly wrong. That's an understatement. Yes. It goes very wrong. Very, very wrong. Also coming next week, finally, is Military Wives, which we have reviewed. Please check out the episode if you haven't listened to it yet. It's an uplifting story about the first Military Wives choir in the UK, starring Kristen Scott Thomas and Sharon Horgan. I love Sharon in this movie. She's so yes. good. We've also got Bloodshot out on March 12th, which stars Vin Diesel as an enhanced super soldier out for revenge, and it's based on the Valiant Comics character. So this is a whole other comic universe that's yeah. getting... Potential franchise treatment. Mm-hmm. Also stars Sam Hewen from Outlander. You're a big Ma- fan of that show? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. And Sam, I've interviewed Sam before, and he's great. Amazing. Um, and this is one of his first big, big film roles. He has been in a couple of films before, but this is really going to launch him as an action star. Oh, really, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Something to watch. Mm-hmm. We've also got The Legend of Baron Toa, and this is a New Zealand film about a young Tongan man grappling with the legacy of his wrestling superstar father. He has to follow in his deceased father's footsteps by fighting for his dad's stolen championship belt. So there we go. That's what's coming up. This episode, we chatted about Downhill and Dark Waters, two very different films. Incredibly different. You've got a dark comedy in Downhill and uh, important political drama, if you will. Mm. What do we call it? A gender flip on Aaron Brockovich <laughs> in Dark Waters. So thank you for listening, guys. We will bring you another review soon. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And if you enjoyed this episode, please jump on your podcast provider and review it for us. That would be fantastic we'd love to know what you think yes thank you so much and also tell us what you think of the films we're reviewing we really like to have an open discussion about what you've thought of dark waters and downhill among all the other films that we reviewed throughout the year catch you next time planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.